This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Episode 22 is brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo in Red Deer, Alberta, October 30th to November 4th. A week-long celebration of everything rodeo with events on and off-site that will have you kicking up your heels. For information, visit cfrreddeer.ca. Wacy's calling in on the phone today from afar. Correspondence calling from Saskatchewan. <laughs> calling in from Sask. What's the latest to report from the homeland out there, buds? It was plus 12, cloudy, off and on, mixed to sun and cloud. Yep. It hasn't changed much. It's still pretty the same. I found out today, though, for those of the people, listeners that know anything about Boucher, there's, there's a hotel called the Prairie Oasis, and it's not your typical hotel. You can like rent like mobile trailers for an evening. Really? You can sleep like 10 people. Yeah. And anyways, they used to have this sweet indoor pool with two pretty awesome water slides. And I found out today that they're no longer open in the water slide. So that's pretty oh, sad. Dang. Yeah. We've had usually because the Moose Jaw has a springboard riding every year yep. in about February. And we used to come and all the boys and us, we'd rent one of those trailers at the Prairie Oasis. And <laughs> it's, be pretty, it's, it's been pretty wild. One one year we found a guy sleeping in the snowbank oh, when dear. we got back after the party. Yeah, like one of your friends that. or just a guy? Yeah, you well you would know Derek Glenn okay. from Manitoba. You found him in the snowbank. Yeah. Was he gonna like? He, <laughs> he could have perished. He'd have been killed or worse. Yeah, he was, he was he was he was hammered. It was a, oh dear. I don't know how long he was in there for, but he was he was having a rough go at it. But oh dear. At the end of it, it all worked out. But yeah, it's it's usually a good time. But yeah, he was having a snow, bad time. Seen the snowbirds today. You saw the snowbirds flying around. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't like whatever. It wasn't the old folks going south. It was an no, actual no, no. bird. Like the, the jet, the jet planes. Oh, the snowbirds. Just, oh, what were they yeah, doing the in Moose Jaw? They're from Moose Jaw. They live here. The like the Canadian forces snowbirds are from Moose Jaw. Yeah, man, they have a, they have like the big air base just south of town in Moose Jaw. Oh, here. oh. Okay. Yeah, and that's where the snowbirds live. Well, that's neat. All of them for yeah, all of Canada? Yeah, they're ripping around. Really? This is their home. This is the home base. Is I think this is the training. I want to say this is a big training facility. One of the ones in Canada. Don't quote me on that, but this is also where I was born. Moose Jaw. Fun fact of the day. This is my place of birth. Where Wacy Anderson came to life. I was born in the old hospital up on the hill on huh. the south side of town. Well, that's neat. Have you mm-hmm. have you been to the tunnels of Moose Jaw yet? You want do you want to know something crazy? That's one thing I've never done. You're never been in the tunnels. You were literally born in Moose Jaw, and you have born and been born and raised Saskatchewan boy, and never been in the tunnels. You no. emerged from a tunnel in Moose Jaw at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. But never. That's a fact. Have been to the never actual been, tunnels. Never of Moose physically Jaw. been to the tunnels of Moose Jaw. No, that's <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fun times oh, but yeah they're, it's moose jaw it's actually a pretty neat little town like you, yeah, like, you have down the downtown it's, well you, yeah you've been to the brown social here. house do you like that place isn't it is it browns or yeah it's browns isn't it downtown? there's brown yeah they got they got browns they got ojs they got yeah the brew host of canadia yeah what's the old hotel that's got a really nice restaurant in it the park maybe uh no, i'm not park, sure park I don't, I don't know. know. I don't really know. I have to ask my dad. He'd know. Downtown. They really also nice have the spot. Temple Temple Gardens Mineral Spa. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Attached to the Casino Moose Jaw. Well, that's neat. Quite the community. Home of the Moose Jaw Home Warriors. Of the, home of the Warriors, for sure. Stole for that sure. one right off you. They have a sweet barn down here. Too. It is a nice arena. Very nice arena. I like it. Yeah, that's great. It's home of the Burrowing Owl Sanctuary place, too. Oh, southern. like the Saskatchewan burrowing owl. Is this a thing I don't know about? Exactly. Too? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. They have this little like observatory with a bunch of burrowing owls. You can go check them out and learn really? all about these little, those little suckers. What, this <laughs> is what Wacy's doing tomorrow morning. Checking out the home of the burrowing owls. Checking it out. After he goes to the tunnels of Moose Jaw. I have a big day tomorrow. Damn. You do have a big day. And then drive all the way back to Cowtown. Six hours worth. Yep. 
Yeah, it's going to be wild. So how about the CFR coming up? Creeping up on us, isn't it? Yeah. Today's like the 26th of September, and it starts on the 30th um, of October. So it's a month and four days. Month away. So, and a there's a Halloween perf. I'm intrigued about oh. the Halloween perf. What are you going to wear for the Halloween perf when you're on the... Uh, I'm, well, you're not going to be there because you got to go to school I might, not, might not make it up. I'll be in school. But if I'm no, there... You're going to be done school on what? Thursday. Oh, you can't come up till Thursday after school. Right? Thursday after school. Ah, yeah. There's. You could even make it work. after work to the rodeo and then go back home for school. I could. Yeah. I could. That's a fact. I really, I, that's, so I could, it's I can't tell you what I'm going to dress up as then. You can't tell me? It's going to be a secret then? Very, very secret. I think I'm going to steal my brother's robot costume. I like that. <laughs> you can't tell people it. They're going to know. Well, I don't really care. Yeah. I don't no, know. No, it's I, crazy. It's crazy that it's kind of happening so fast because the person is like used to it being middle of November, but yeah. no, it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting deal. There's some pretty interesting storylines heading into it. And and it's not even over yet. Like as we record this podcast, we're not even done yet because the grassroots yeah, finals are this three, weekend. Three rodeos left. Well, two, right? Grassroots and Hannah. Yeah. So three two. days of rodeo, I guess. Three I days say. or five days because Hannah's three five days, days and this is two. I don't know anything. It's okay. You know, it's fine. It's coming down to the wire. Oh, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Stuff, Next episode, so. we'll no. talk about who's going to be there, who made it, a few things like that, maybe. We might who not didn't either. make it. Some scandals. Know. Yeah. Talk about some stuff. Some awards. I guess there's some awards. Speaking of awards, now eight-time Canadian Pro Rodeo Announcer of the Year, Brett Gardner. The microphone today. assassin. The microphone assassin. He's got a black belt in, in the buffet. The He's known <laughs> as the microphone assassin. That's how I opened it up with the interview. He likes it. <laughs> really broke the ice. That's a good way to start it off for and sure. He, and then he's going to list his top five restaurants in all of Canada. Oh, wow. Oh, he's like, So he's like he's like the Canadian version of Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah, basically. A little different <laughs> he hair. He grow, grow his hair out and frost his tips. Yeah, needs, yeah, exactly. So stay tuned for Brett Gardner's list of the top five restaurants on Canadian soil, part of the Canadian Pro Rodeo Professional Bull Riders Tour that he's experienced so far. Find his reviews on TripAdvisor also. <laughs> He writes passive-aggressive reviews on Yelp. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming up next. You're listening to episode 22 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey, brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo in Red Deer, Alberta, the new home of the Canadian Finals Rodeo from October 30th to November 4th. Ten full days of thrilling Western entertainment. It's a show you don't want to miss. Visit CFRRedDeer.ca. Our guest this uh, episode is... Eight-time Canadian Pro Rodeo Announcer of the Year from Sylvan Lake, Alberta, the microphone assassin. This is Brett Gardner. How are you today, Brett? Hey, I'm doing great, buddy. Man, what a great introduction. I better be <laughs> careful. You're going to take my job, buddy. I don't know about it's, that. Uh, <laughs> man, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. I appreciate it, Brett. So where did the name the microphone assassin come from? Where did this originate? What, are the, what is the history behind uh, that handle? You probably know more than me about that. (laughs) And uh, I really don't know where it started, to be honest. There's probably a few people out there. Somebody called me that. That's a long, it's an old handle. That's uh that was probably, you know, six or seven years ago. And then I think it started to be a little hashtag kicking around when they would (laughs) uh, throw some stuff out there. So exactly who coined that phrase, I don't know it. It it wasn't me, you know. I wasn't the guy that started his own nickname. Okay, let's just get that out of the uh, out of the way. But yeah, I don't know who started that one. Maybe after this episode, somebody will, will, uh, will let us know, and we'll know exactly where it started. Somebody will fess up to it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, Could be I, worse. Could be worse. I'll take it. I like it. I mean, 
There's uh you know who I think it was though is Manya. I'm pretty sure it, it was him. I don't know that for sure, but I have a feeling it was it was Brett Manya. And you know, it's when I think of one guy who maybe said it and and um again, I could be wrong, but I want to the guy that comes to my mind actually when I think about it is Skylar McBride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, could be and he Skylar was always a pretty funny guy, pretty witty guy. So Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't see him around as much, but of course uh, we rode it a lot together two years ago. So good guy, good family. Maybe we'll know the origin of the microphone assassin after right. uh, episode twenty-two. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of it. That's right. Another thing, another well, it's, I guess it's another uh, descriptive a description I left out of your your uh, introduction. Like if I was if I was Flint, I would have said eight-time Canadian Pro Rodeo announcer of the year. He's got a black belt in buffet. <laughs> the microphone assassin, Brett Gordon. Right. Yeah, I missed that line though on that intro. I'm gonna have to do yeah, it again. The black belt and buffet. Yeah. So where where did that come from, or did, or did you coin that term yourself? You know what? That might have been <laughs> all my good lines that I come up with are stolen from somewhere. You know, announcing <laughs> that. You know, probably again, if I had to guess, geez, I should pay better attention. If I had to guess, a line like that one probably originated from somebody like Doug Young. Um, Doug Young <laughs> yeah. is probably the king of the one-liners. If you listen to some of his stuff, or yeah. and not necessarily just on a microphone, but just when you're having a chat with him as a friend, I mean, Doug Young has got some of the coolest sayings out there. And, and probably, if I took it from anybody, it was uh, was probably a guy like him. But ah, that's just a, a fun line I like to use. It usually ends up coming out in the steer wrestling for some of those big guys. But um, I like to think that I also have, you know, a black belt buffet. I'm a bit of a foodie when I'm on the road, so. Uh, you know, I think I can get away with it because I'm a little husky myself. <laughs> well, speaking of restaurants, top five oh, restaurants wow. on the road, you can kind of okay. wing it a little bit. Oh. I didn't give you any training. Any, okay, uh, that's okay. One of my favorite restaurants is actually in Abbotsford, and I'm lucky enough to go there. My wife's family is from there. My wife was born in Victoria and grew up in Port Coquitlam, and now her folks live in Abbotsford. But one of my favorite spots is a place called Lou's Grill in Abbotsford. That's definitely on my top five, if not my top ten. I should say, mm-hmm. uh, but that is that is one of my my ultimate favorites for sure. I really like that spot, man. Top five, top five anywhere in Canada Even or the United related. States. Anywhere, you know, one of my favorite spots too. Dustin and Nikki Flunder took me to the General Store oh. just south of Pincher Creek. Yeah, I've heard and, about this place. Um, uh, I always get a mixed up if it's Twin Butte or Picture Butte, whichever it is. Just just south of Pincher Creek. Uh, yeah, at the general store there, there's a little Mexican restaurant, and it is phenomenal. And um, Brett Monty and Randy Thompson and I used to go there after the perf on Saturday night in Pincher Creek and, and get down there and always have something to eat. Dustin and Nikki spend a lot of time there, too, in that part of the world. So that's a really cool spot, and I like it because it's just in the middle of nowhere. So that would probably be in my top five. I mean, good food, but, um, you know, just a cool, cool little setting. So. Another place we probably always go to, uh, the Honey Pot in Wainwright. Um, I better go top five rodeo. So, um, there's, yeah, there's a restaurant in, at, uh, in Wainwright. When I go there for the Wainwright Stampede, I think I'm there for four or five days, and I eat there twice a day. That's just the place, uh, place we go to, which is, uh, which is a great spot. You know what place I love in Calgary is a place called OEB Breakfast. You ever been there? You know what? I've, I went there once for breakfast, but the place I like... Just as well that I can usually get into because it's not as busy as uh, Diner Deluxe down the st- down like the same yep. street block. I've heard about that. I've yeah. heard about Diner Deluxe, but I uh, I really like that OEB breakfast. I always take uh, every about second or third morning. I swing to OEB before we uh, have a production meeting at the Calgary Stampede. Oh. 
you know, so, and Bob Tolman has become a big fan of OEB as well. So we always, uh, we always check out OEB. That's one of, uh, one of my favorite spots in Calgary. Then I'm trying to think as we kind of move across and and go out east, but. uh, What do we got so far? Abbotsford, Pincher Creek area. Yeah. And we got Wainwright, Calgary. So you got one more. You only got one more shot here, Brett. One more shot. Make it good. One more restaurant. Yeah. You know, let's go to Quebec City. And um, that was some of the best food that I've ever had. When we went out on tour earlier this year, it was the first time that I had ever been to, or should I say, Quebec City. Quebec. Quebec. Don't say the city port. They gave me that lesson before I picked up a microphone there. (laughs) Listen, but that is some of the best food I've ever had. You know, in in old Quebec, and I'm going to just say old Quebec because I ate at about six restaurants in about a 24 hour period, and I think you were at three or four of them with me. So you know all about it. We actually funny story about there in in Quebec. There was an ice cream place, and and um, Friday night we had. Ate and we were with mutual friend of ours. We were having kind of a family supper. Peter Jabrad and yeah. um, you were there, and myself and Josh Bursey and a couple others. I think Megan Madden and some other from the from the PBR Canada team. And Josh Bursey had about a fifty dollar poutine with this, yeah, with the big the ham bone on there. Glazed, yeah, the maple glazed ham shank on it. Yeah, it was incredible. And um, then we went for what do they have? A gelato. Gelato. They have all these gelato yeah. places and ice cream spots, and, and the dipped ice cream cones there were just outstanding. And they were so good after the event. The event ran pretty quickly in um, Quebec. the Videotron Center there in Quebec. Yeah. And so I said to Scott Byrne right after the perf, I said, we have got to try and hustle back to get to old Quebec before this place closes. And I think the ice cream place closed at 11, so I never sprinted out of an event before like that. <laughs> I just needed one more ice cream before, you know, we got on our six <laughs> Back uh, back west, so I'll admit it. You know, I'll just get it out of the way. I do have a yeah. I obviously have a problem. I think I keep <laughs> going to the food. You know, the events are so good, but I'm you know the the food's what keeps me going. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably add uh, add Quebec to the mix, but okay. and then if I have to, you know, one mention. I'm not a big fan of chain restaurants. You know, it's nice when you can kind of go to a, a family owned or a community owned spot. Honorable mention has got to be Jenny's Diner in Bonneville, Alberta, of all places. Okay. I love that place. It's a neat little place. But if I have to go and just need a solid meal, I'm a big fan of the keg. Oh, I yeah. know chain, and that kind of goes against my um, my rules of eating. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I like the keg. I like the keg. So uh, that's probably, you know, usually you get a good meal there. And I do frequent the, the keg probably too often. If anyone from the keg happens to be listening, there might be a yeah. potential uh, partnership there with our uh, with our friend Brett. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. I would proudly, yeah, I would proudly endorse the keg. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I have a feeling the keg in Red Deer at the CFO is going to be a busy place from, you know, <laughs> yeah. the 30th through the 4th of November. Well, speaking of restaurants and, and uh, potential sponsorships, I want to talk about a couple of your sponsors. A uh, new one this year is Tomco. Sure. And then uh, one that we didn't mention uh, before is uh, is Stetler Dodge. You've been partners yeah. with Stetler Dodge for a long time. We had yeah. uh, Terry Andreo on the show here a couple of episodes ago, mm-hmm. and he talked sponsorship. But I want to talk about sponsorship for you sure. and the side of the... of. Uh, and that's out of the business for you. I, I'd like to speak to that a bit. You know, I've been lucky. Uh, Stellar Dodge jumped on board with me 
2011 was the first time that we ever did what we would, I guess, call an endorsement deal or a partnership. And first truck I ever bought from them was 2008. That's when it really started with me for Stettler Dye. And it just started out, um, we'll go way back in time. When I started announcing rodeos, kind of 0405 was when I started. And I actually worked a slack performance. And it was just to help out another announcer. And Maxine Baird was one of the timers. And Maxine said, geez, you might, uh, you know, you might be okay one day. So she hired me and her group and committee at the time to work a bull riding event in Hellkirk. And actually, Kelly Hicks with Stellar Dodge was one of the sponsors. And Kelly's wife, Rena, is a, a very talented singer. And she was singing O Canada. And I got to meet Kelly there. And again, like I had just started, it was kind of 506. And we just kind of struck up a, an immediate friendship. And he was just a great guy from day one. And so when I needed to buy a truck, he was always in the back of my mind. And then when I went out there in 2008 and bought a vehicle from him, and he just took great care of me. And I really appreciated it. And when I went back in 2011, said, hey, I got kind of an idea. And I said, well, I got an idea. What do you think? And we just came to our first agreement on a on a partnership. And um, it's just kind of blossomed from there. So I've been very fortunate to be a part of the Stettler Dodge team. But more importantly, Kelly and Rena and his entire family have become great friends of ours. And we do a lot of things together. And he has just not supported me in my career. But they also are huge supporters of all pro rodeo athletes and the entire CPRA. And, and they're not the biggest dealership. And they're the first people to tell you that. But they certainly work hard. And, and I appreciate everything they've done. And not just for me, but my family. And that's what's really important. They take such great care of my wife and my kids when we're there. And that means a lot to me. So I've been very, very fortunate to be with Stettler Dodge. And we're coming on, you know, eight years together. And I think in our business, that's a good partnership to, to be able to work with one company for eight years and continue for that partnership to grow. I think that's special. And I'm proud of that one because they're friends and they're, um, you know, they're almost more than friends. They become part of your family. And that's uh, pretty special to me. So that one means a lot. That's Stetler Dodge piece. And, and they've been great. And Wrangler has also been a great supporter of mine. And that started back. I've probably been with Wrangler and, uh, and endorsee with them for six or seven years. And, and that continues to get bigger. And they've been a great support of my career. And as my career has gained a little momentum, I guess we'll put it. They've uh, they've been great supporters, and so I really appreciate that. And that partnership has continued to evolve. And then this year, yeah, the Tomco Group came on board, and I'm really fortunate, and really lucky to have them in 2018 and to work with them. And again, uh, I love their idea. Like Stetler Dodge, they're family owned and operated, small town kind of feel. And they've just grown from there and, and done great things. And that's Rod and Wes Tomlin and two generations of that family. And they do a great job. And they've not only supported me, they've supported Jim Barry for a long time. They've supported Ray Crotto was probably where a lot of people will remember the name from. Ray Crotto, the chuck wagon driver, who's a friend of yours and a friend of mine. And he um, had Tomco as his season sponsor for a few years. And, and they're a great group of people. And again, really family-driven, family-orientated, and, and give back in a big way. They're, they're huge supporters of Curtis Glencross and his charity event and I appreciate that. I've always tried to align myself with people that I think stand for what I stand for and it's kind of family first and very fortunate to have a wonderful life and a wonderful wife and family where we can give back and that idea of benevolence and it's a big deal with Stellar Dodge and Tomco. So I've always taken a lot of pride in aligning with those types of groups and those types of people. Um, and I've been lucky enough to have some other offers, but they're just not perfect fits. And I want to be able to stand by the companies that I wear and that I represent. And uh, that's important to me. And, and right now uh, in a good spot with kind of those three major endorsements that I have. I'm lucky to have them. I want to go back to the Stetler piece. And you actually 
were uh, like you bought vehicles from them before you went and asked for a sponsorship. Like that yep. was one thing Terry talked about was go to the people that you work with and you're already dealing with before you go and just ask for something like it, it's a better fit or better transition. I'm not sure what wording you said now was, but mm-hmm. but that's where we got to start with with sponsorship, I think. And with and what that was what Terry said as well. Yeah, I, I think you're right on, and I'm a huge fan. Terry Andrio is a, is a great man and a great supporter of, of professional rodeo and so many other community initiatives, and he's a smart guy. The, the time that I've had uh, to talk with Terry, I really appreciate it as well. I think he's, he's really on to something, and Kelly Hicks and I have had those same discussions and, and the Tom and family and all of that. I think there has to be that investment and that commitment, but that relationship has got to be right, and I think... There's value in it, and there has to be value in it. If I can't really offer those people anything in return, and I know that's the tough part. In our business, there's only so many things that are going to fit. And I guess when I say that, I mean, when I team up with a company, what can I give them without just taking, taking, taking? How can I make sure that Tomco gets recognition? They need something for their money. They need something for their investment. So does Kelly Hicks and Darren Benson, the whole team at Stetler Dodge, and so does Wrangler. If I can't give them that, I don't think I can expect just to take and take. So that's one of the things I think we have to continue to focus on when we have those relationships established. How can we build from there? And I think I was lucky enough to get to know Kelly before we just jumped in and it was kind of a cold call. You know, hey, I'm Brett Gardner. Give me some money. Sponsor me. Yeah. store like that. You know, we started with a business relationship and then it went to a friendship. And, and same with the Tomco group. I'd known Wes and Rod and, and met them really, I think, probably the first time at the Glencross event five or six years ago. And then again, uh, Wes has a son that's the same age as my son and they played hockey together. And it was, again, a relationship first. And then we worked through it. It didn't happen overnight. It took some time to make sure that all parties involved were taken care of and that everybody was getting their value, and I was able to kind of deliver on my end of the bargain, too. I want to jump now to everything you're juggling between three kids, <laughs> teaching school during the week, rodeo sure. on the weekends, making sure your sponsors are happy. Right. How the hell do you make it work, man? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I handle my stuff. I had, like, a nervous breakdown and had an anxiety and had an anxiety attack and had panic attacks and stuff, and, like, I wasn't. I didn't do half the stuff you were doing. I no, had trouble. Dude, like, how the no. hell do you handle everything? I married way above my head, man. <laughs> and my wife, um, Jacqueline, is, is, you know, she's like our team manager, and she's phenomenal, and she kind of keeps it all together. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm just not saying that. And, and those people that listen to this that know my wife and how my family works, they'll, they'll quickly agree. She's incredible and really makes it happen. And, and without her, it wouldn't. And I mean every word of that. Um, yeah, I've, I've taught school for the past 10 or 11 years in Sylvan Lake, and some people don't know that. I Not that I hide, you know, one life from the other. It's just I, I don't necessarily find myself bringing it up all the time. I'm not announcing a rodeo talking about being a school teacher and vice versa. But uh, yeah, those two careers can be kind of busy. And with 120 or 130 performances and 40 weekends on the road and three kids, it gets busy. But, uh, you know, everybody's busy. Everybody's got a lot on the go. And for me, it comes and gets me sometimes. You know, by the end of August, after Armstrong and during Armstrong uh, and leading up to it, that was one where I'm like, whew, I'm at one of the greatest rodeos in the world. But 
there's days it feels like a job yeah. and it, it gets you. But I'm also very blessed and I have this incredible life. And when I go back and try and gain that perspective and remember what I have, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to get up in the morning and go attack the day. A lot of it is my perspective and my outlook and, and you know, my support system and, and it all works. So I'm lucky to, lucky to have it. But uh, I'm also a big kind of motivational self-talker type person because there's times I get down for sure and we've all been there you know it's three in the morning and you're driving home and you get home at four or five in the morning and you got to go work your other job you got to be at a you know a high school staff meeting at eight in the morning you got two hours of sleep and then you got to go teach a math class and a phys ed class but um, I'm just remind myself how lucky I am and how fortunate I am and I'm really blessed to do what I do and for me it's a big mindset thing I really like to know that I can, I always say, embrace the grind. I'm going to try and outwork you and try and outgrind you. And I hope that doesn't sound egotistical. That's just often how I have to kind of talk to myself and say, hey, man, it's time to go to work and support your family and do your job and do the best job that you can do, whether it's Tuesday afternoon teaching school or whether it's, you know, Saturday afternoon at the Calvary Stampede. It's my job to go do the best and be the best version of myself that I can, whether it be for a student that's got their educational career on the line or whether it's for a rodeo fan that's invested their hard money, hard-earned money, you know, and they spend 50 bucks for a rodeo ticket and, and they deserve the best version of me too. So I take a lot of pride in that. And I think that pressure is a privilege when, when we get that pressure and when we're able to be on those big stages and have those big moments. For me, I think that's a real privilege and, and I take it seriously and, and I try and do the best job I can. So for me, uh, that good mindset and that incredible support system without Jacqueline and, and my kids and my extended family, I've got a huge support system that makes it all happen. And yeah, really a team effort, I guess. Talking about big moments, tell us about that car sale the other day in Red Deer. <laughs> that's sure gaining some momentum, isn't it? It's wow. uh, phenomenal. That was really cool, and, and that's another piece the puzzle that some people maybe don't know about. And if we go back in time again, a good friend of mine, his name's Todd Schwint, and he owns EG Auctions. And he started an auction company. He was a big collector car fan, and he started that company, I'm going to say, almost 15 years ago. I better be careful of the timeline, but right around 15 years ago. And I actually taught school with Todd. He was a social studies teacher at the high school and, and a really neat guy and a good friend of mine. And we kind of hung out at school, and he had this on the side. And he was kind of like almost my situation. He was juggling two careers and, and making it work. And then it got to the point where EG Auctions just kind of took over and became his, his full-time job and, and he left school. But we had uh, we have four a year in Alberta, usually two in Red Deer, one in the spring, one in the fall, and then um, one in Edmonton and one in Calgary. And they're collector car auctions. And I work usually the two Red Deer shows is when I'm able to fit in my schedule. And it started 10 or 11 years ago and it just started, we were having fun one night and I said that I started to announce rodeos and he said, Hey, well, I need a guy at the car auction. And it wasn't as big. It wasn't as big a scale yet, the car auction. So I started to do it and I did a few and then I got away from it for a few years. And I, as he kind of grew, he said, Hey, we'd love to have you back. And you really add to our show. So we, um, I've been with them kind of for the last four or five years, and I work with a gentleman by the name of Rod Burnett, who's the auctioneer there, among some others, but Rod's a very talented auctioneer. And this situation that you're talking about at our last event a couple weeks ago, and a sad one to say the least, but a mom and a dad, husband and wife, they were going for one of the last rides, you know, uh, of the year, or I shouldn't say they were in the spring, I'm sorry, not in the fall, but they 
uh, were out on a motorbike and, and got in a collision, and a head-on collision, and they were both killed instantly. And they left behind two young children, and they both had, both the children kind of suffer from some hearing loss when they were born, and they have hearing aids and a couple medical things that go with it. They're two wonderful, wonderful young kids. But with that, they would end up being um, left in the care of their grandparents. And one of the loves of the father was always classic cars. That's something he, he really liked. And he had a classic car, and his dream was to give it to his son when he turned 18. But that dream, as we said, when we uh, were at the, at the sale, kind of had to go away. And what actually happened is we were putting the car up for auction at the EG Auctions event, and it would be sold as a fundraiser for the grandparents to help them raise the two young kids because that comes with cost and they have some added cost because of their their hearing issues so we just kind of set it up and and um i did the best job i could to kind of tell the story and and grandpa and grandma and the uh, grandson and granddaughter came with us on stage and the car came across the block and it was an emotional moment and i was really proud of everybody on that eg auctions team and then everybody in the crowd with how it unfolded after that because it definitely exceeded expectations of what we thought the car would bring and what happened is we told the story and it you know, emotions kind of overtook everybody, and they sold the car for I think twenty six or twenty eight thousand dollars the first time, and it was uh, to a gentleman, Rod McWilliam, who owns Red Deer Motors, who's a great supporter of uh, the Pinocchio Stampede as well for a rodeo connection, and is good friends with the Vold family among others. But um, and as soon as he bought the car, he just said sell it again. So. He bought it, and then we sold it again, and then a gentleman by the name of Danny Fiat um, bought the car, who's a, a car dealer in Edmonton. He bought it for 28000 to sell it again, and so we'd raised almost $60,000, right around 55000 and then a gentleman out of Red Deer, I believe, Bulldog Metals, bought it again for 20 some thousand. So, and then as they're selling, donations were coming in, so we'd raised about $100,000 in about a three-minute time span, and then... To end the story, the last gentleman that bought it for the third time actually went and gave it back to the family so that that uh, little boy could have it when when he was 18. So it was a a really good moment, and it was pretty special to be a part of. It was something that I really didn't see coming, and I don't think anybody on that EG Auctions team saw coming that day. So it was one of those really nice surprises that makes you feel good and feel good to be a part of it because you know that you genuinely help someone that could use it. It's a it's an absolutely horrific story. And as a father, it's just, oh, it's gut-wrenching. You can't imagine. You can't even imagine what that would feel like for kids, grandparents, fathers, mothers, whatever you want to look at. So, um, yeah, it was quite a moment. And then some people videoed it and, you know, got a couple million views and kind of taken off on Facebook and stuff, So, mm-hmm. which is good for the family because donations keep coming in and and there's a wonderful amount of, of support when where it's needed. And so nobody ever thought that they would sell a 73 Parisian for what they did. And it gained all the momentum, but we're, we're happy it did. And, and again, those are incredible moments that you remember for a long time. And uh, we're lucky to be a part of them. I'm, I'm at a loss where to go from here. But I, what came to mind for me at that point was the opening we did for Ty sure. in Lethbridge. Yeah. And the emotion that went with that one and, and as with your job as an announcer, like you have to go to those places sure. different times. And I, I want to yeah. talk about that a little bit about, I, I just want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a tough one. You bring back the tie opening and I think and and you can chime in on this too. I get more compliments, maybe not compliments, but more comments 
on that opening. And still to this day, I'm not sure there's a week goes by that, you know, people don't say, wow, I saw that tie opening. And it was, and it was everything. I think it was so good because Ty was such an incredible person. That's, mm-hmm. that's why um, Ty was a phenomenal human being and, and a very good friend of yours and a good friend of mine. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a tough day. It was a tough day, but the team came together and you absolutely nailed it. And Pete Brad, a name that we've mentioned of, and I think Pete Brad is probably the most underrated member of our team. And he's the guy that a lot of people don't often hear about, but as our kind of production lead and show caller, whatever title you want to give him, that was really his brainchild. And, and he came up with a lot of those concepts and a lot of those words. And him and I have been lucky enough to work together and it was, uh, yeah, emotional as it was, and, and sometimes you kind of got to go down the rabbit hole, and I, I've never taken an acting class in my life, so don't, but I assume it's, somebody asked me, how do you go there? And I had the same question after that auction, how do you, how do you keep it together? It's like kind of almost like method acting, I think, is what I convinced myself. You just kind of flip that switch, and, and you try and contain your emotions as best you can, but with that being said, emotion is okay. And there's a time in the Pausabon piece right off the beginning. I had a big lump in my throat right when it started, and it was tough. And what felt for me, like it felt like I didn't say a word for five minutes when I was on that stage. And when we watched it back, and I think you and I watched it back together, it, it didn't. It wasn't five minutes, thank goodness. But <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and it's real. He was my friend, and I miss him, and it was emotional. But I also convinced myself that I want to do a good job for him because he deserved it. And I wanted to do a good job for that family because the better job I did, hopefully they could raise a little more money. So I just try and gain the right outlook. And you think of Bob Tallman, who Bob will go down as as the greatest rodeo announcer of all time. And really, he's so good because of his emotion, how he can control them, but also how he can let them go. He can be real and authentic. And when that reigns through... I think that's as genuine as it is, and uh, those are special moments. So I think that's maybe how I get through it. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but uh, I guess that's maybe my thought process when we get in some of those situations. But I, I think, honestly, let's just finish with that definition. What's your definition of uh, of cowboy shit? You mentioned Ty yesterday in it, and I, I'd like to finish with that. I think when you asked me yesterday when we were chatting about it briefly, yeah. The first guy that came to mind, and I don't know why, whether it was just uh, nostalgia or what, but when I said, you know, Ty Pazabon for me (laughs) exemplifies cowboy shit uh, because he was a cowboy and I like the way he he lived his life. And what I mean by that is Ty Pazabon loved life. There was a lot of times I remember seeing him places, whether it was two in the afternoon or I mean two in the morning having a good time. I mean, a smile on his face. He was everybody's friend. But the one thing that I mentioned yesterday and again today that I appreciated, his family was involved so much. And he always talked so highly about his family. And we still see it to this day. His family's very involved in our industry and the Ty Pazabon Foundation and, and all of that. And I think Ty loved his family. Ty loved being a cowboy. And Ty loved living life. And he stood up for what he believed in. He would stand up for right and wrong. And I think that's important, having that integrity. B was a man of integrity. And I mean, he, uh, he had a lot of fun and he loved his family. And there's so many qualities, I think, that so many of us as human beings can take from Ty in his, uh, his 25 years and take them and embrace them. And we become better people because of it. So uh, for me, I'm going Ty Pazabon was my example of cowboy shit. With you saying, explaining to me your definition, like I'm thinking back now and I, I want to say sure. that Ty, Ty was one of, Ty would be part of my definition too. 
Sure. And and he would be part of why I named the show this way because he would have thought it was freaking awesome. Like he would have. Yeah. I think he would have been a huge supporter. And like you know, I'm kind of shedding a tear right now, thinking like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. No, and that's okay, right? Like we just talked about that emotion's real, and that's a great thing about this this industry we're in too. And I know we we talked about it yesterday. It's uh, you become more than friends; you become family. There's something about this sport and the way that it's lived, not just the competitive aspects, but as much time as we spend together traveling, and as much time as uh, we we spend together sitting in airports and sitting in hotels and and in production meetings. And um, I always say it's it's like you're going to war together. And who do you have? You know, when we're going into an event and there's ten or 12,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs and our team comes together and works together and it's pretty special. You know, we're part of something really special. So you do, you become more than friends and coworkers. You become family and you have to have each other's backs. And I wish that so many people could kind of be the, the fly on the wall from a day of what a production looks like and when. And I'm talking just from a production standpoint now of announcers and music directors and show callers and what has to go in to really make one as great as they can be. And it's a special feeling. And, and I always say that when, when you're rocking and rolling on the tunes and, I mean, you're bringing it and you're supporting me and when we're a good team and, and we're on, it's a great feeling, you know, and I think you probably feel the same way. Definitely. I'm proud to call you a friend, Brett, and we definitely are family somehow. So. You bet we are, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. One way or so, another. Thanks for Yeah, this. I got to ask you now, uh, yeah. since you put me on the spot with the restaurant thing, I mean, I know I've drugged you around to a lot of restaurants. <laughs> last 10 years together but uh you better stick one on me one of my favorites yeah were you the one that took me to nana's the first time here in calgary with oh the stuffed you burgers? know what probably not that was it was that keenan vine took me to nana's the first time i wonder if he was the guy that would have took you there i wonder i remember you and i have ate there before yeah we have maybe it was there maybe I it think was you, i think you showed I think us the was actually one. now that you say that yeah i think the uh we were supposed to meet him there or something or maybe he showed me there or something like that but yeah that's a good place too that's one other than that though where else would it i'm not even sure where else we would get to go usually right because you and i right. get to work we've worked in different cities more often than one consistently really right like yeah it seems like we haven't worked any rodeos in certain places in consistent years you know what i mean like i, I don't yep. even the one we've worked at the most probably is Calgary, honestly, now. Right. Between the convention rodeos and, yeah, I'd probably have to just say that that Nana's would be the be that one. With no, the stuffed burgers, good. I would think. What, what were you thinking? Where do you think I was going to go? Yeah, no, that's a good pick. I didn't know what you'd think, you know. Yeah. yeah. When I think of burgers, I always think of the White Bull in Drayton Valley, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? good spot. Breakfast. Yep. Greasy breakfast joint. It's good. <laughs> Raiden Valley Bakery is a great spot too. The don't best glazed donuts in the best in the glazed donuts you'll ever north have. of the forty ninth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right, that's right, that's right. So, Heck yeah, good times, good times. Okay, Brett, thanks again. I'll uh, let you keep going. I really appreciate this. So this was this was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Okay, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Keep doing a great job, buddy. You too, Brett. We'll uh, catch up with you here sometime soon. Yeah, we will. Bye All right. for now. Episode 22 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey was brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo in Red Deer, Alberta, where the best rodeo competitors across North America are coming to us for a wild 10-day celebration from October 30th to November 4th. For more information, visit cfrreddeer.ca. Hey, Wace, I thought you might be doing some karaoke here, like Taylor Swift style, because we're on episode 22. I don't know about you, I'm feeling 22, everything will be alright. 
<laughs> Fun fact about that song: when I turned, when I did turn twenty-two, I was by myself <laughs> in Fort, Fort McMurray in my room, and I was getting ready for, to start night shift, so I was like staying up all night. Yeah, put that song on, went and got a little thing of cake from the little cafeteria, and yeah, had a little party by and myself in my little room. That was before Snapchat, so nobody actually knows that it happened. Exactly. Just a little party by myself. You didn't even do it for the gram. You just did it for yourself. Just did it for fun times. Yeah. This is episode 22, though. Man, it's a hot episode, hot song, hot singer. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Episode 22 is brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo, coming to Red Deer, Alberta, and Mexcentrium at Westerner Park from October 30th to November 4th. For more information, visit cfrreddeer.ca. Or just show up, you know, yeah. come watch. Check it out. Some buy some tickets. Come watch. Rodeo one going on. You probably can't even buy tickets anymore, but you can probably come watch the rodeo on the screen for, next door and have some beers and hang out. If you, but if you can get tickets, like that's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cool place. Like there's probably not gonna be a bad seat in the house. To oh watch no, rodeo there. it's gonna be a dandy. So you're gonna, it's be, gonna be, a, right, be right in there. Good atmosphere. Big time rodeo one. Yeah. And hey, our guest of the show today, Brett Gardner, is gonna be serenading you with his wonderful voice. On uh, for the next five He's a years, sucker. Yeah, Canadian finals in Red Deer, only 15 minutes from his house. How about that? Get to sleep in his own bed at work. One of the biggest rodeos. That'll be nice. One of the top five rodeos in the whole world. Did you did you know that? It's one of the top five paying rodeos in the whole planet. Fun fact of the day. Fun fact number one NFR. Number two, I think it's Houston. Number three, Calgary. Number four, CFR. I think it's like literally number four. Do you factor in the PVR World Finals into this, or is that well, separate antique? Because it's only bull riding. Like I, right. you kind of okay. do, but if you say like Western events, then you say like NFR, American. PVR World Finals, American. American, Houston, Calgary, Edmonton. Top five, six. Yeah, it's big. It's kind of big. Just saying. It's huge, man. Yeah, it's and it's massive. in Red Deer. Well, it's almost the forty-fifth Canadian Finals rodeo. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, gonna be awesome. Gonna be good times, isn't it? What are you most What's looking it? forward to for the forty-fifth um, CFR? You know, like honestly, I, like if it all, I get it. I might be. I don't want to say it too early because it's not. It's not set in stone yet. But seeing all three Larson boys compete at, oh, the, yeah. at the same finals would be awesome because that hasn't happened since we were kids. Well, that so. and that's it's actually never happened. You you haven't seen them compete in the same place since you were kids, but it's never happened in Canadian Pro Rodeo. No, yeah, exactly. Because I think last yeah. time it would have been like either the CCA or the MRCA finals. And yeah, be the first time. That'd be, to me, that's, I mean, it's a storyline. So it's one of most, hopefully it all works out. We get to see my buddies doing that. But so I think it's going to be fun. Kane is number 13 after old. He won some money. In, or no, he won some money in Brooks, yeah. didn't he? But so, and, and that, is that is that factoring in the guys no, who are not in the rodeo account? Because Sage Kimsey's only got three rodeos. He's 12th. Joe Frost has got three rodeos he's six so that actually moves kane to number 11 and Perfect. with 39 rodeos kane would be at the grassroots finals meaning that he is yeah he's still number 11 everybody else has got their count lonnie and brock will get it this weekend and hannah and then you've got austin nash is only 300 dollars behind kane jake gardner is like 1300 bucks behind kane then you got nick Tetz is ooh, 1300 behind Kane and he's thousand and a little bit behind Austin Nash. So grassroots finals, all it looks like all through all uh, four of those guys are going to be there. It's going to come down to this. It's going to be tight. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. So yeah. for me, that's what I'm most looking forward to, man. It's going to be fun. Heck yeah. I mean, and it's good. Yeah. It's fun to go get together too. I mean, like last year, like everybody's around and yeah. you get to see everybody for a few days and hang out and have a good time. So what about you, man? What's your, what's your number one thing coming up for the CFR? Well, even before the CFR, I'm interested in the steer wrestling race to see who goes to the, to the finals. Right now, we've got, it's a dog fight. So from 
21st place. Well, 20th place. That looks like the reasonable amount because they got to mm-hmm. win four. They can win four grand this weekend plus Hannah. So they can win five grand. So let's say the guy in 20th place right now. Ben Ramey has $12,689 won in the season. 12th is right. Curtis Cassidy with 16144 So all those guys in between have a spot. 12, 13, 14. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys trying to make finals with those last few spots. Like it's wow. all the way up to uh, number six is within reach of uh, number 16 right now. Six and That's 16 amazing. are only separated by four thousand dollars that's cool and i mean and even like another 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 one is the rookie of the year race i'd last i checked within like a hundred dollars let's go down to that i've got it right here right now let's check it out all around there's another one too jake gardner uh can make the cfr this week and luke g i believe i don't know if he's qualified at all it might be a end of the year uh all around race this year that's going to be interesting Nice. could be something that hasn't happened in a while luke g yeah 17th in the bull ride and tylus is 18th he's third in the all around but Jake Gardner's 15th. So we might have an all around race this year. That's finished before we even get to the finals, which hasn't happened in quite a while. I don't think. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Permit- well, he's one of the Harden, one of the Harden boys. Oh yeah. Harden's. And then, uh, uh, Kai Marshall's won it a couple times Kai in Marshall, the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the Turniers. Yeah. The Turners before that. Um, so permit award looks like Cody Coverjuck's got that wrapped up. He's enough far enough ahead of Nick Tets. He's got to have that cinched up. Dawson Hay though, is right now under $52 ahead of cover check for the rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. And there you go. I don't know if you know this, but Dawson just smashed out an 89 and a half in Brooks the other night in the Bronc ride, in the open Bronc ride, and should have given him a 90. Nice. If Lane really? uh, Peterson's listening, just should have given him well, a he's, oh, he's, right. he's top four in Canada right now, is he not? And he's a rookie. Or top yeah. five in Canada. Yeah, he's having an outstanding he, season. So. Dawson Hay is number four in the Bronc riding. Yeah. There you he's go. 19,000 so, yeah. out of number one, but. Yeah, shoot a little bit of CFR Great. preview for you, folks. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah, and the next one, well, the next part, we'll be able to we'll be able to tee it right up for everybody. Oh yeah, she's gonna be a dandy. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, thanks buddy. again to our uh, guest this week, though Brett Gardner, and uh, that's uh, all we got this week, people. You got anything else, Wace? No, man, I'm all good. Okay, thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch up with the next time. Thanks again to the uh, Canadian Finals Rodeo, October 30th to November 4th in Red Deer. Sponsors for the next couple shows. For more on the CFR, visit cfrreddeer.ca. This is it for episode 22 of Cowboy Shit. Ted and Wasey. See ya.